Good morning, everyone. The scripture reading this morning is from Philippians 3, verses 12 to 16, and reading from the ESV version. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have have attained. We've already learned about Paul's passion for Christ and how he learned that the righteousness God requires can only be found in Jesus Christ. He said he was willing to part with everything if it meant gaining Christ and being found in him. Paul said that, So I may know Jesus and share in his suffering, attaining the resurrection from the dead. Paul had a longing for Christ that motivated his thoughts and actions. Paul's passionate longing for Christ is what motivated him to continue in the race of the Christian life. This longing for Christ will also be motivation for us. We must have this same motivation if we are to live a consistent, mature Christian life. I'm so encouraged when I read our text for today. I can relate to Paul in the sense that he didn't feel like he'd arrived. There are some people today who act like they've arrived and that the Christian life isn't difficult to live. I'm wary of those people because of verses like this. I struggle to relate to someone like this. As long as we're on earth, no one is living for Christ perfectly. However, we are to press on in imperfection towards glorification. Verse 12 says that, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. As you read scripture and understand who the men were who wrote portions of the Bible, you can begin to immortalise them. This is true in the case of the Apostle Paul. You might think that he always did everything right and never made any mistakes. You might think that he always glorified God and never sinned. In this one sentence, we make an important discovery. Paul was a lot like us. He was used mightily by God, but Paul was not perfect. He would be the first to admit that there was still work to be done. Paul's spiritual journey was still incomplete, like ours. He had not arrived. One thing he had going for him, though, was he had no illusion of perfection, no failure to adequately assess his true condition. Paul's opponents were very quick to assert their own pious perfection, almost to the point of claiming sinlessness. They were quick and bold to assert their achievements over and above everyone else's. Paul's confession goes against all those people we hear today who want us to believe that heaven and perfection can be attained here on earth. Those who make the claim that since sickness and, and poverty are not a part of Christ now, 
we who are in Christ should never be afflicted by poverty or sickness. This teaching does not come from the Bible. It is a half-truth with a wrong logical conclusion. Jesus Christ is free from poverty and sickness now. That is true. But nowhere are we promised this same thing apart from in heaven. This is not our best life now. We are not sinless and free from sin's effects now. Like Paul, we must work toward completion, or as he calls it, perfection. He writes, I have not arrived, but I am pressing on. The reason he is pressing on toward perfection is because Christ has grabbed hold of him. Christ first took hold of Paul, and now Paul is holding on to Christ. Here he uses a military phrase. It's the idea of pursuit and seizure. Christ has pursued and taken Paul captive. No doubt he is referring to the Damascus Road experience when Christ overcame him and threw him to the ground and for a few days blinded him. Now the apostle is pursuing Christ-likeness and is in the process of laying siege to it. Verses 13 and 14 say, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In these two verses we see absolute focus and commitment to achieving the goal. The one thing Paul does is straining forward toward the goal or the finish line while forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. This phrase does not mean that Paul totally forgot everything in his past. He didn't have memory erasure. If he dealt upon the past, he could have been crippled in life. Many people today live with unpleasant memories and seem to be crippled by them. His past included persecution of Christians, including the martyrdom of Stephen in Acts. His past probably included other examples that weren't generally recorded and some that weren't. Paul's past didn't haunt him. It didn't keep him depressed. Even though it was a very sinful and terrible past, it wasn't what he focused on. Do memories of your past nag and haunt you? Perhaps it was one big sin or maybe some chronic pattern or sinful behaviour. These memories can plague and cripple you. Memories of past sin keep many from living up to, the, up to their potential in Christ. Paul's not out to forget or totally erase the past from his memory. He wasn't teaching memory denial or erasing his memory, such as modern psychologists try to do through various therapies. Through Christ, the whole person is redeemed, memories and all. Through Jesus Christ, our past can be redeemed. If you suffer from past memories or sin, then there are some practical steps to take. First, we realise that as bad as your past may have been, God was in your past. Whether you committed the sin that haunts you or someone else committed it against you, God was there. These haunting events can be redeemed. God can turn them to good. This is modelled for us in Genesis 50 with Joseph. God was always with Joseph and he has always been with us. 
Acts 17, 26 to 27 also points to this. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Second, you can realise while your past might influence your present beliefs or conduct, it does not determine them. The love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit can remove a victim mentality and thinking that we're doomed to live in the haunting misery of our past. God will guide our present choices, no matter how much of the past lingers. And thirdly, remember, God is in the process of redeeming you completely. The past events that plague you from time to time can be reinterpreted through the lens of Christ. These events can work to motivate you toward Christ and serves to him. Here lies the hope God gives to sinners. Allow Christ to put a biblical spin on your past. Allow him to help you interpret it and use it for his glory. I may have done this or that. I may have been this or that. Because of Christ, of Jesus Christ, I'm now different. And Paul's own testimony points to this. 1 Timothy 1, 12-17 says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in, that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Paul didn't erase his memory, but after meeting Jesus Christ, his past was redeemed by Christ. Jesus came to save sinners. Satan would have you wallow in past sin and failures and be useless to the Lord. Satan would have you remember your past and forget the redemptive work of Christ. Jesus would have you redeemed and very valuable to him. Not only did Paul have to forget what lies behind in past failures, he had to forget his past achievements. Pride in our works and abilities can hinder our Christian maturity every bit as much as past failures. He was now running the race and not looking back. His eyes were focused on the prize of knowing Christ and the power of the resurrection. Now we're ready to strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In this life, we're going to always have setbacks and failures. In this life, even as a Christian, we're not free from sin. However, it's vital for our Christian walk to set our past behind us and press toward the goal. 
The goal Paul had in mind was Christ-likeness and all its eternal benefits. The finish line is heaven and God's presence. Paul has seen the finish line and it's as if he begins to lift his pace in the last 100 metres or so. God wants all believers to finish strong, verses 15 and 16. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul wraps up this section by writing that mature believers are chasing hard after Christ. They are striving for the goal and pressing toward the finish line. He also writes that not everyone is mature yet. If that's true of you, stay in the race and God will reveal Paul's way of thinking to you. How do we stay in the race and hold true to what we have attained? Through God's word. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. Pray. Pray for your own maturity in Christ and pray for others as well. Follow godly examples. In 1 Corinthians 4.16, Paul told the Corinthians to be imitators of him. Remember, God uses trials to mould us into the person he wants us to be. 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen and establish you. May we, like Paul, forget what's behind, our past sin and failures, and even at times past achievements. May we press on to finish the race well for the glory of our Lord and Saviour, who has redeemed us completely.